good afternoon, everyone. Um, you're in for a really uh, special treat today. I say that a lot, but today is going to be really, really fun. Um, I'm here with Donna Stellhorn, an astrologer and feng shui expert. We're going to dive into how your environment, you all know me with mold toxicity and environmental toxicity and how the chemicals and the perfumes and all those things can affect us. Today, though, we're going to talk about a whole different aspect of environment, and I'm super excited uh, to introduce our guest. Um, as you know, we have uh, Facebook Lives on all over on Facebook, and then, of course, um, my YouTube channel. If you have missed any episodes, we're on Into the Hundreds. You can find them all there on my YouTube channel and anywhere you listen to podcasts. And please, wherever you are listening on YouTube or on iTunes or Stitcher, please leave a review and a rating, and uh, you can feel free to contact me if you have any ideas for other guests. So Donna is here with me from California. She's an astrologer, a feng shui expert, and has written 18 books, including Feng Shui Form and the best-selling book, Sage and Smudge. She sees clients for both Western and Chinese astrology. Her latest book in Chinese astrology, 2022, Year of the Water Tiger. Um, and I want to ask you about that, Donna. Donna writes weekly and monthly predictions and um, for astrology.com, horoscope.com, and Conscious Community Magazine for fun. Donna makes YouTube videos, and when she wants to be terrified, she does stand-up comedy. She lives in Oceanside, California with her magical cat, LaRue. Welcome, Donna. So glad to have you here. Thank you, Dr. Jill. I am so excited to be here. Yeah, me too. And I'm so excited because again, like I framed the often, I mean, we, I have a lot of patients who are environmentally sensitive, chemical sensitive, and I learned myself several years ago, first through the book, quiet, the secret power of, um, let's see, in a world uh, of an introvert in a world that can't stop talking by Susan Cain. And I realized, oh, this like, and it's funny is I don't know that I'm really an introvert. I'm just highly sensitive to my, my environment. And I thought for years and years, I thought I was this introvert because I need to recharge alone and I like space matters and my home is like my sanctuary. My, it's like plug in the battery, right? And then yes. I realized like, I don't think I'm even an introvert. I'm kind of an extrovert, but I'm so sensitive to my environment and the energy of others. I'm really porous in good ways and bad ways. And so my hmm. environment and whether it's people or energy, or even say I go to a small talk in a big mixer that will overwhelm me within an hour. I'm like, I'm out. So all these things I learned about myself and I thought, oh, as I really did the studies, I was, I wasn't really an introvert. I was an extrovert. I was just highly sensitive. And I think a lot of our people listening will relate to to that because the people that I see in my clinic tend to be the canaries like myself that have been affected physically by their environments. And we've talked many episodes about mold and Lyme and infections and toxins and COVID. And today though, I'm so excited and I'll just give you a little story and then I'll let you jump in with my room here. Now, if you can see, I've got this beautiful teal color. When I painted this room, it literally, my heart was like, oh, this is my color. And I want to, you can tell me maybe why that is. Cause I don't know. I just know. And then I painted my bedroom the same color. And there's these two rooms in my house where if I want to just go and feel like, I don't know what it is. I just know it really changes my, and I study here and I work here and I get great visions and ideas here. And there's something about this color, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. So tell us, let's talk about color first. Like, why would that be that? I like feel so changed in this room with this teal. And I love the color. Um, well, if we want to start out kind of sciencey, yeah. you know, color is both a wave and a particle. And so, and, or I should say light yeah. is. And so what happens is your body is being hit by that particle. And so there have been studies in the past that have shown that they color blues and different tones of blue can actually lower your blood pressure. 
So, but also when you get around dark colors, you can feel more protected in general. And so here, here's your nest, your cave. And so therefore, you know, you feel like, okay, I know where the door is. I know where I am. And so you can then go, ah, I can breathe. Donna, my jaw's dropping. I'm like amazed already because I'm thinking about my, I have a little thing. This is a secret. I probably never said aloud on air. If I go to a lecture or a movie theater, I can't stand being in the center of a row. Like if I can't get out quickly. And of course, this is somehow past trauma or something. Um, And it's, I've dealt with it. It's not that big a deal, but I really like to be on the end. Or if I'm watching a lecture, I get the back row on the end. I need an escape route. And what you just said makes so much sense. That's all about safety, right? In an environment. It is, it is. And the people around me be able to observe. And this, this no wonder I feel. And when I described it, it's not that, I mean, I love this color granted, but there's something else in my being that feels like, oh, and what you just described makes so much sense. Yes. And it's so, so going back to color, you might be very drawn to a color or you might be really repulsed by Mm -hmm. a color. And that tells you something that you might have to work on. And so, so one of the things is that, you know, you might really be drawn to yellow, which is a sense of memory and the past, but also about love and friendship. Or you might say, nope, I don't want to deal with yellow. I don't want to wear it. I don't want it in my house. And therefore you may be wanting to break with the past. Wow. So now it also is that color can affect how we consume food. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to eat everything off your plate, choose white plates. So because everything looks good off of a white plate, but if you want to reduce how much you eat, eat off of a dark blue plate because nothing looks good on this blue plate. And so what happens is that they, for some reason, you just shift and you say, you know what, I don't want as much. And it might be because there's really no blue food. Blue in food is a signal that it's gone off. And so when you, and there's so many lovely blue plates out there, especially that glass, that blue glass. And I see those and I say, yay, you're going to eat less. Yeah. Oh, this is amazing. So let's go through some of the colors because I'm sure people have painted their houses or their offices. And um, and it's interesting. I have a lot of this in my office too, and it's very soothing. It's greens and blues and it feels, um, so let's kind of go through the spectrum because that's interesting. People might relate to why they've chosen. Um, and is it mostly rooms versus like a car you drive or something else, or does it affect all things? And even your clothing yeah. that you choose or, or what you have on your desk. So, and we, we know these things so much that when we think of back to yellow and memory, well, what what is yellow? Like yellow pads, yellow school bus. And so we associate it with this remembering something or having to memorize something. So if you want to remember things, you might want to get yellow on your desk. So versus say red. Now red's a very interesting color that has gone through some shifts over the last hundred years because I don't know if you know this, but the original stop signs were not red. They were green. Oh, wow. And then two competing companies got after and one of them won out. But generally, red means go. Red means do something. So when you add red into your life, it gets your attention and that causes you to move forward. So let's say you're in a store, you know, like a jewelry store or something, and you look down in the case and there's little pops of red that's to help you make a decision. Wow. And so recognize you could be quite influenced by those pops of color. 
Now the blue, blue is about this expansive thinking. I mean, the things that are blue out there is going to be sky or ocean. So it's travel and wisdom and understanding. And it gives the sense that you're trustworthy. So if you're, if you're going into a court case, yeah. you want to seem trustworthy, wear all blue. Wow. Yes. Oh, I love these little pearls and it makes so much sense. Years ago, I still have a red motorcycle. I love the color red, but I had a lot of red in my house. And probably seven years ago, I did a lot of inner work and a lot of growth and a lot of more awakening consciousness and some wonderful healing. And I got rid of most of my red and now the blues tones. And it makes sense in that sense of like openness, expansion, enlightenment, more than the red. And the red, I think can be again, because of stops and stuff, a little harsh or a little bit more aggressive. Would that be true? Yes, most definitely. Too much red and we get angry. Yeah. Too much yellow and and we can feel like we're, we're ill, you know, that color of jaundice. Or if we're looking at green, now green has some very positive attributes of growth and abundance. So, you know, doing some green in your office to add more money or green in the bedroom so that you have this be a sanctuary of health and wellness, but too much green and we can become envious. So, so we do (laughs) want to balance that energy. So, and then, you know, if we look at things like uh, brown, brown is very grounding. So let's say you feel very flighty and you're just, you know, ping-ponging around the room you know, a little bit more brown, although most of us have, you know, brown floors or wood furniture or something that is grounding us. Yeah. Oh, so, so interesting. I always have have these, all these great thoughts in my head as you're talking about the colors. Um, One of the red things too, I wonder, I was very driven, much more masculine energy before. And I feel like I embodied the feminine a lot more in that the, with the red and the blues, would that make more sense too, with the red being a little bit more aggressive, masculine energy versus a blue Mm -hmm. um, in that sense. Yes. Yeah. It's so interesting how colors have shifted over time too. So you have the fuchsia in your hair. So, which does say, look at me, but it has a little bit of softness that says, I'm not going to bite you. (laughs) So, which is nice. Yeah. Because the red is that more aggressive, but when we get into the soft pinks, then we get more meditation and sleep. Now this color got kind of overtaken by the, I don't know, marketing arm of whatever. And so they started to make pink associated with love, but it's a very passive color. And so, you know, the woman puts on pink and then is going to be more passive. In fact, they, they noticed that when they dressed babies in pink or blue, blue being this travel and expansion, those babies talked earlier, they moved around more, and the ones in pink were more quiet, more passive. And some cities in this country went to the point of painting the inside of prisons pink to sedate the prisoners. Wow. And so if you have this pretty pink bedroom that you're trying to attract love, you do better off with some pops of red, you know, to liven it up because all you're going to do there is sleep. Yeah, this is amazing. What about purple and orange? Oh, very interesting colors. So 
purple being a combination of red or blue has this, this sense of superiority like this, you know, I know what I'm talking about. And so we recognize purple as being an authority. And so this was taken often by religious leaders to say, or royalty to say, this is it. I, I'm the epiphany where, uh, or the epitome. <laughs> and then uh, orange, orange is about assimilation, you know, that process of changing something into something useful, but too much orange, and we start to signify caution, you know, that's why all of the, the little roadside signs are in orange. So, so, but I love orange. I, I think it's a great color. I use it for creativity work. Uh, anything I want to understand, I put a little orange on my desk. Wow, love it. So we've covered quite the spectrum. Is there anything black seems black and white seem more neutral, but clearly their absence in light wise color. Um, any thoughts on black or white? Um, where did they fit in? Yeah, it's quite interesting. So black has had such a, um, a popularity increase and because black is the color of protection. And this is why so many people wear so much black is because it gives this layer of, you know, don't touch me, I'm safe. And so that's why, I mean, good grief, 10, well, not 10, but 50 years ago, nobody wore black unless they were in mourning, right? Mm -hmm. So, and then white is about clarity, not necessarily purity, clarity, like, like if you have a white wall and there's one little black spider on it, you can see it right away. So this is where you can see what needs to be changed. Now, when we talk about feng shui, it's interesting because in China, people wear white to funerals. They don't wear black. We wear black uh, because we're kind of scared of dead people. So we put them in the cemetery and we leave them there. But in China, the tradition is to bring representations home and continue to interact with your relatives who have passed. And so they want the clarity. We want the protection. Interesting, because there's so much culture. So let's talk real quickly about clutter and then go right into feng shui, because I think that'll be a good segue, because I'm one of those people that I know this about myself. Um, I Everything's very neat and tidy, and if it's not, my brain doesn't work. And so again, like you said um, in, in our email, it's such a big deal, but talk about clutter and emotions and your clarity and ability to, to for, perform and what people might do with their environment to get more uh, productive with clutter or lack. Yeah, so clutter is relative. And that means that one house may be decorated in a Victorian style where there's a lot of stuff, may not be cluttered to one person, but be quite cluttered to another. And so first you have to determine what clutter is to you. And generally it's where you look at something and you go, I don't know where to put you. Yeah. <laughs> and so and we know something is not placed well in feng shui if you're constantly tripping over it or dropping on the floor or you have to move it to get to something else. That's all the clutter. Now, what clutter does is it takes the energy. And we, we talk a lot about chi energy and chi energy moves. It moves through towns and cities and it comes into our house and it moves through the house. And when it hits the clutter, it becomes like white water. It mm -hmm. becomes like static. Yeah. And so that bounces off of ourselves and we feel more irritated. We feel just antsy or, or stressed about it. Now, there are some people who will take this though clutter and shift it to a idea of nesting. And this we see very common with 
uh, adult children who won't leave the house, they will put their bed on the floor so that they're very grounded and then clutter up the room so that the parent goes in and says, I don't even know where the kid is. And the kid then is staying because they're nesting in the clutter. But for most of us, clutter is a problem. Yeah. Yes. I, I love that. And it sounds like, so that can, that energetic, um, even subconsciously can affect our ability to focus. Would you say most people focus better in a clutter-free environment or is there differences in the person? Because there's are- real differences in the person and it's actually based, uh, well, not based, but I would base it in their elements uh, mm-hmm. of their Chinese uh, astrology chart. And so for example, uh, people who are metal, are going to be more organized, but people who are fire, who are very creative, uh, fire destroys metal. And so what happens is they take your organization and they go, well, I need this and this and this, and suddenly there's chaos. So so that's why we get a conflict of the elements. You feel it very keenly when there's a conflict. Some people don't. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And it's interesting because like, um, traditional i'm a air sign gemini but i'm a fire dragon from seven uh, six, so. <laughs> so so what kind of environment pillar of your chart is the fire yeah, dragon exactly which, by the way congratulations everybody wants to be a dragon oh wow <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 even people who say i don't believe in astrology at all but i'm a dragon they oh wow <laughs> Yeah. Oh, interesting. The, the level that our environment affects us is huge. And science is really catching up with this. And I think that marketing people figured it out first. And so there is so much marketing done just by the placement of objects and colors that, and we are very, very affected by it. Everything from the candy and gum at the register to the fact that the organic stuff is really on that high shelf and the stuff they want you to buy is at eye level. Um, The fact that in the restaurant, there's a lot of tables in the center that nobody wants to sit at. So they sit and they eat really fast and they get out. And why everybody who goes in the restaurant says, can I have a booth? Because that's all protected. And then they can stay. Oh, Donna, this makes so much sense. Don, uh, just a week or so ago on 9-11, um, the history, of course, we all went through 9-11 in New York City. But on that same day was the first day of my chemo 21 years ago for my breast cancer. So me personally, it was very traumatic dealing. Yeah. Nine years ago to that day was a massive flood in Boulder that affected the whole city of where you live now and affected my office, caused mold. And then my dog, Mario, who passed away last year, um, was born on that day. So there was a lot of things on that day. And I wasn't ah. aware. I was having a good day. There wasn't anything weird. But I went to a coffee shop that day. And I sat with my back to the counter in the center of the room because that was the only place. And I'm not usually an anxious person. And I never have had panic attacks. And I didn't that day, but I had this very high level of anxiety. Like, this is not okay. And it, I probably, you can probably explain more, but it was very interesting because I was in the center of the room with my back to a lot of people. And on yes. this day where there was a lot of history for me and for my community and for the world. And I thought, how interesting. I bet it was related to that in some way. Yes. You know, I, our bodies are made up of, of cells that really want to stay alive. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, our mind might, we might understand that we're eternal beings and that we're going to be fine, but our body's like, no, I have to be okay. And so when your back is to something, your body's thinking, well, last time I did this, the Huns came over the hill and I was kaput. (laughs) 
So, so this is what we need to pay attention to because this secret stress lowers your immune system. It makes you vulnerable, causes you not to sleep. And that's why you at least need the sanctuary to come home to. Yeah. Oh, that makes so much sense. I'm assuming let's go into feng shui and rooms and things, because I'm assuming like bedroom, like you mentioned before, that's one place because you need to sleep and relax that you want to make sure that you feel safe. What are some, uh, let's talk just briefly, because we could, you could probably talk two hours or more, but feng shui, what's some basic things about when you come in the house, what do you want to feel? Where would you want things? Let's talk about bedroom, maybe a place of rest or study, just go through a little bit of like tricks or tips or things for a beginner that what they would think about. Yeah, yeah. So, so beyond color, you want to look at the decor you're choosing for your bedroom. And so one time when I was living in New Mexico, you know, this woman called me, she said, my relationship is dead. And I walked in and there's a giant cow skull over her bed. And so, and yeah, I know that's the thing there, but it's every time she walked in, she went, well, the cow is dead. My yeah. relationship is dead. And so what happens is like attracts like. And so I see it. I go into rooms where they say, oh, I really want a love relationship. But there's that one painting of the woman on the hill with her hat in her hand and she's all by herself. It yeah. just feels so lonely. And so looking at those symbols that you have, when, when somebody tells me, you know, I, I want to finish work and go home and write my novel, but I open their front door and all I see is a giant TV, yeah. I'm going to figure not writing your novel, that TV is going to be the main thing. So it's to look at, as you walk through your house, what are the symbols that you see? Wow. So that's neat. Cause again, I'll be personal here. I walk in my door. I have a local artist that I just love. And the first thing I see is this beautiful painting and it's called be happy. <laughs> and it's <laughs> yes. like amazing, like confetti of color. And I just, it gives me such a joy. And then I was just thinking in the bedroom, this is interesting. I don't know what to make of this, but a friend who um, gave me a paint, it was like a, uh, one of those arts where you take the letters from actual objects and make a word and it's mm-hmm. jump, like live life. And, and I think that's interesting. Yeah. I don't know what that has to do with it. It's still, it feels like a calming place. <laughs> those are some funny little things that you'd probably be like. Well, oh, that's jump. interesting. So do you jump out of bed? I do like, nor- yeah, yeah, I do actually. I do. And I like, love, I love, life, so. yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, you and know, I jump I, into bed too. Cause I like, I'm, I love to sleep. I like, I sleep well. And I like when I sleep, I sleep there and sleep well, yep. but then I do. Yeah. And I, and I love to jump out and embrace life. So that might be appropriate. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, it's generally possible to have all of the pieces that you love, even the cow skull, yeah. but it may not be right in that particular room. So when I go into somebody's kitchen who says they want to lose weight and there's a big sign that says eat on there, there, you're getting that command over and over. So you might want to switch it out and move the letters and write T or eight, like you've already ate, you know, so it's done. I love this. Yeah. What about like, um, bridge placement or kids, let's talk about kitchen real quickly. Cause there are a lot of people who struggle with weight loss and what subconscious thing could people might be missing there. Or is there any color things? Like you said, the plate thing. I love that. Um, any other yes. tips? On kitchen? So yellow stimulates the appetite. And so if you're a person who does need to eat, then that yellow kitchen that you have is fine. But if you do more greens or, and this one's really fun. If you can't seem to eat vegetables actually get a little poster of vegetables and stick it on the fridge so that when you look at the fridge, you're seeing vegetables. And in a week you'll have vegetables in your fridge. Wow. I love that. 
Now, the other thing is that we like no sort of resistance whatsoever. I mean, the reason that the store makes the, the things that we want hard to reach is to see if we'll work at it. So, and that is, again, if you want to eat more fruits and vegetables, take them out of those drawers, put the cake and the, and the soda pop in those drawers and put the fruit and vegetables in a bowl on the top shelf, you will reach for those instead. Oh, I love this. So practical. And you're so right, because I've read a lot of the books on tips of changing habits and stuff. And it's all about, we actually are very weak when it comes to discipline and decision, right? And we get decision fatigue. So the the things that are easy, like uh, I always heard um, some of the books on like, uh, say you want to start doing pushups. Don't make yourself do 20 pushups, you know, at the end of a hard day, do like, okay, I brush my teeth and I do one pushup because who can resist what, like, that's your rule. And you just tag that and you're like, okay, one pushup, come on. And then all of a sudden you're doing five because it's like this easy and you've made no resistance or whatever. And I love the vegetable idea and the fruits and, and that makes yes. And so even people who tell me, and a lot of men tell me, I, I ignore my environment entirely. And I would say that makes you more susceptible to it. You who are highly sensitive, you walk in and you are studying the environment and figuring out if you're safe. So you are less affected by it because you notice it and you move away from things that are a problem. But just think about two institutions that have money in it, a, a bank and a casino. You know that in a bank, people whisper, because what does it look like? You know, it's like velvet ropes and those plexiglass and everything feels very rigid and we all stand up straight. So, but we go into a casino and there's lights and dazzling and we don't know what time it is or what day it is. And so this is all done through a type of feng shui, a, a, um, by the environment. Mm-hmm. Wow. So let's talk about, because myself and many of our listeners are highly sensitive people. For example, if I travel, um, the airport, the planes, the hotel rooms, everything affects me. And I know that, but what would you, if you walked in a hotel room, there's been some, I walk in, I'm like, Oh, this is not right. And I can't tell what it is. I just know. Um, is there anything that you would say is clearly like, uh, for, for mo- most people, like, a uh, uh, organization of the bedroom, a color things. Cause I've felt that before I just walk out and get a new room. And I think inside I'm probably crazy, but I know I'm not because it's that feeling that's wordless of my environment that I notice. But what about hotels or, st- or a be- uh, Airbnb or what kinds of things would you maybe recommend for someone who is sensitive, who's traveling? It is really difficult because you have so little control over your environment. So by you going down and requesting another room, you are saying, I'm going to control this this situation. Of course, the problem is all their rooms could be the same. Like in a hotel room, generally things are bolted down. Yeah, yeah. So so that's where you, through intention, could clear the room also. And that is before you even open it up, you say, all right, my angels, my guides, everybody, let's clear out this room. Then if you walk in and still feel it, then we know it's something physically in the room, not the leftover energy of other people. So that's interesting because what you just said, I bet it's a lot of times the energy of other people because I do clearly am sense of that and many people are. And uh, that's, would you say that's an easier thing to control because you can have good boundaries and you can have a divine protection, you know, whatever that you, for me, that's how I would go in yeah, there. And um, wear a lot of black. Uh, interesting. <laughs> this is a funny story. I remember, uh, I don't know, maybe 
five years ago, I went to upstate New York, where there's it's very rural outside of the big cities, and we stayed to for a little conference. And I stayed in this hotel, and I remember like walking in, the first room smelled like a dead body. I'm like, oh, it's just. And then I was pulling this luggage cart, and I kept like tripping and falling, and all this weird stuff happened. And like, and I was like, this is just. It was just this very energetically weird experience. And I always joke yeah. that was the, the hotel with the ghost, and who knows, right? I'm yeah. real or no real, but it, it was so weird of all the things that happened. And I'm like. There was something strange going on there. <laughs> well, I think some of this is to recognize that you can feel it. Mm-hmm. And because we know that because it affects everybody. Some people just, you know, they they brush it aside and then they wonder why they're sick all the time or they wonder why they, they can't make a decision. Mm-hmm. And so this is, you're feeling it. So first acknowledge that it is there. Yeah. And that will help your alarm system, your personal alarm system to calm down. Mm-hmm. So you say to yourself, yeah. this feels terrible. Yeah. And I know that I'm feeling it correctly. And then you can, you know, yeah. deal with, you know, either getting another room or doing what you can energetically to clear the space. So I love what you just said, because that's so empowering to me or anyone listening. And the truth is, gaslighting is when someone makes you think you're crazy for believing or feeling something right that's the opposite that's what we don't want and sadly even in medicine i call it medical gaslighting it happens to a lot of patients where they are bringing in i'm feeling this way i'm feeling this doctor everything looks normal you're fine what are you talking about that is so i think it's evil (laughs) um but but on this side i love that you're saying this because it's empowerment for those of you listening and for myself included is just acknowledging what you're feeling and, and not because for me, what I usually do is judge and say, Oh, you're crazy. Or that's not real. Or, you know, I'll have that conversation in my mind with myself about how silly that is to think that or feel that or whatever. And I love what you just said you were on such a core issue because part of our feeling safety and integration, and even being able to trust ourselves is actually acknowledging yeah, this may sound crazy, but I, this is real. I feel this. I don't feel safe in here, or this doesn't feel good. I need a new room and actually then ask what we need. So I love that. Right. Yes. So it's, there's this funny story of this author who wrote an entire book on this, not from a feng shui standpoint, but actual, you know, scientific experiments where he showed that people's environment affected him. So he writes this entire book and he's there shopping and he's at the check stand loading up the, the conveyor belt with sugar. And his wife says, why are you buying that? And he goes, it's 10 for one. And she said, didn't you write about, about susceptible? And he goes, I thought I was not susceptible. Right, right. And so even people who think they're not affected by this, they are. So, yeah, so sure. yes, unfortunately you get to be the canary. Yeah, yeah, I'm learning. (laughs) Um, So another thing I've seen with COVID pandemic or, you know, coming out of that, but a lot of people, one of the biggest complaints surprisingly was lack of motivation. And probably because environments were changed or was, or they were stuck inside or they're being, again, this is a couple of years ago, but what would you say to someone who's like feeling either their office or their home, a total lack of motivation? Cause I think that's more common lately. At least I keep hearing patients. What would you say to them? Or what would you maybe advise for their home environment or their work environment? Well, first, and it's not really feng shui, but the first reason you're procrastinating, actually it's two reasons, yeah. either the thing is too hard, it's too difficult, or it's too boring. And so that's something where you have to look at it and say, all right, which one of this is? But it is about putting out the tools that you need. Like if you do want to do painting, you need to set something up so you see it when you come in, not the TV remote. 
you know, try to hide that or if necessary, take the batteries out of it. Yeah. Um, it is where, you know, you you say, all right, I, I don't want to have to go into the kitchen because it's filled with dishes and things like that. And so then you just phone up and get a pizza. Yeah. And so, again, it is if your space is welcoming and so you take that extra moment to set things up and that'll help you make the decision to do it. Oh, I love that. So you could get your desk already. Like, for example, if you're a writer, you might have your journal or your book open or computer ready. You get up and it's a beautiful space and you're like, or or you have it somewhere where it's like comfortable or softer. You sit outside in the veranda or the lawn. I love that idea. And the same with food or kitchen, like we talked about before, you kind of set up, it's almost like cues for your brain, right? To tell you your brain. Yes. This is inviting, yes. come, come and do this. Very much so. And, and yet you do want to watch out for the tricks sometimes people do, which they say, oh, well, I can only write with this very special pen, which is no longer available. Mm -hmm. Now it's gone into an excuse. Yeah. But if you say, no, I want a special pen, that's great. Go get that special pen and start writing. Oh, I love that. Where do pets come in? Like placement types, like environment, where do you talk to people about their pets or is there anything about placement of their kennel or anything to do with, I've got a dog and he's actually sleeping right beside me down here, but I'd love to hear if you have any comments on that. Cause I feel like energetically, at least my, it's interesting. My little dog is a very highly, I call him HS pooch, highly sensitive pooch because he's like me. He's very sensitive to his environment. Yes. So I'm very pro pets. And there's a very interesting thing that happens that uh, dogs will sleep next to the energy. Cats sleep on the energy. That's why the cat is sleeping on your keyboard, right? So, so the dogs will, wherever there's high energy, the dog will be next to it. So if you're looking for, you know, like where's the energy moving too quickly or where is it chaotic, the dog will be next to that. So, but the cat will be on top of it, especially something that you want to use because your attention is on it. And so that's where the cat is. Mm -hmm. So, but, you know, we have invited these animals to live in our space. So we do need to be flexible when it comes to where we put things for them. If you put something for your cat and your cat doesn't use that, you know, doesn't use the box in that area or, uh, you know, doesn't eat the food in that area then you need to move it because the cat and dog are very sensitive to the energy. Wow. Love that. And so true. I can, I can yeah, I can see that how that would be a, a big deal. So productivity you talked about environment. Is there any other just general feng shui tips that you would say that would make for a peaceful sanctuary of a home? For me, that's probably the most important is somewhere where I can be safe and feel like grounded and well, grounding. Let's talk about grounding. <laughs> How would you ground a place? Uh, especially here I am on second floor condo, right? So I'm not on the ground. Is there anything mm -hmm. I can do to ground myself better here? Yeah. You know, there's so many different ways of clearing a space, but when you are sensitive to environmental factors, the number one way I would suggest is salt. So because salt doesn't have a scent, right? And so, and people don't usually react to it by their skin. And so taking some sea salt, or you could do Himalayan salt, dissolve it in some warm water and spritz mm -hmm. it around. What mm -hmm. salt does is it brings energy down to a neutral state. Yeah. And so talk about grounding. Mm -hmm. And so that is when you, when you move into a new place or when you're going off to uh, be in a hotel room, spritz, spritz that salt mm -hmm. and leave, you know, so spritz, leave, come back 10 minutes later and see if it feels different. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Is that why I'm drawn to a bath, a salt bath every night? 
hundred <laughs> percent. We have known this clears people. And so this is why people do the, the salt in the bath. And what I recommend if you not a bath person is to take a, you know, like quarter cup or so of the salt, put it in a washcloth and squeeze the salty water over your neck and shoulders. And that will clear your energy. So that gets rid of anything that has been attached to you. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. So many fun tips and tricks and things. Any last words of wisdom for those highly sensitive people that we didn't talk about environment or um, any other things that you feel like are important to think about when you're creating a home or space to be in? Yeah, the, it's interesting because, you know, sometimes when you are really assaulted with sounds or sense or something, the universe is trying to send you a message. So first ask what the message is. So I had a client who was very much bothered by a neighbor dog that was barking incessantly and I could hear it over the phone. And I said, well, dogs represent friendship. And so what's going on with you and your friend? And she said, oh, we're, we're having some trouble. So they they solved that. They they sat down and solved it. So she called me later. She said, the dog has stopped barking, wow. but I could still hear the dog in the background. She wasn't as aware of the dog anymore because the message wasn't there for her anymore. Oh, that makes so much sense. And it's amazing. Interesting. I went with a friend to a concert maybe a year ago and concerts are another way, place where I either it's great if it's classical or whatever, but if it's the wrong yeah. music, it will just jar me to the core. And this was one of those that was a really, it was just kind of a fun band. And they actually walked around with their instruments through the crowd. And it wasn't anything like, like a heavy metal, anything like that, that would definitely not be in my thing at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's too, uh, too in my, you know, but this was enough of something that I like really was, it was very upsetting. Um, and I think I went home and took a bath and I was okay, but it's interesting you say that because in the, say that situation happened again to a listener or to myself or whatever, would you suggest just leaving? Like, is that the best situation? If you don't, if you're in this environment, which is it, way it is to honor yourself, yeah. you know, to recognize that we're so diverse it makes sense. And if we sat down and looked at your astrology chart, which is actually quite unique when you do all of the factors, then we can say, oh yeah, look at the sensitivity here. But if you're just walking around, it is time to say, you know what, this place is not right for me and trust that. Because if you don't trust yourself, then you are putting your trust in everything else. And they probably have an agenda. <laughs> Oh gosh, I love that. Cause again, that's part of my healing had been, I lost connection. I lived above my head and I lost connection with myself and my trust in my ability to mm -hmm. figure out what was good and not good for me. And I got mm -hmm. very sick for a while. And part of my healing, and I'm sharing this for our listeners too, because you might be in the same situation that I was in. If you don't trust yourself, you cannot love and accept yourself and you, then you can't do what's right for yourself. And when you get so dissociated from your true intuition, your heart in that base of what feels right, the relationships or friendships or environment, um, it's really hard to make good decisions. And I had to relearn that. I had to reconnect with my heart. And for the beginning, it was like, what do I want? I, I don't know. <laughs> I was so disconnected. Yes. I didn't know. And so it took some practice to really, and like you said, the other thing would have been 20 years ago, I would have been in a situation like that. And I would just stayed and it would have really affected me, but I would have been afraid to say what mm -hmm. I needed because I was afraid I was wrong. And now I've learned the same thing. If that happened again tomorrow, I'd be like, I'm sorry, I'll see you guys later, but I've got to leave. This isn't feel good. And I'd be okay. Yes. But that took a lot of work <laughs> to be able to be confident yeah. to say what I need or to actually trust myself. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think it's so important now more than ever 
that we both be open, but also know when to put a boundary up. Yeah, love it. And especially again, relationships are big, whether it's friendships, family, or um, uh, romantic relationships that I learned the hard way a lot of times. And a lot of that was yes. because I didn't trust. Like if I look back from the day one, I knew there was something not quite right, but I didn't trust myself. Now that would never happen because I do know and trust that it really took a lot of time. So if you're listening and you're struggling, hang in there, um, but just try to check in with yourself and uh, and really um, trust that. <laughs> and physically, yes. stuff, especially I always listen to the patient and they'll sometimes even start like, I know this sounds crazy, but, and then I just lean forward and listen so closely yeah. because I know that there's a wound there, but there's probably a pearl that's really important that they're afraid because they've been told they're crazy or it doesn't fit the mm -hmm. diagnosis. And I often find some of the most precious pieces of information there. Yeah, that's a wonderful thing to know that you're getting that pearl right then because of how they're phrasing that statement. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah, so yeah, these tender places too. Mm -hmm. um, wow, I could talk to you for hours. This is so fun. <laughs> um, awesome. Where can people find you, find more information about you? Tell us where, where we can find you. Uh, well, I'm on YouTube under Donna Stellhorn, and I usually do at least two videos a month for the new and full moons with predictions. And then there are feng shui videos on there, as well as Chinese astrology videos. And then my website is donnastellhorn.com. So it's I'm pretty easy to find. <laughs> so. If you're listening, we'll make sure that there's links to all those so you can find Donna. Donna, thank you so much for your time today. This has been a, a treasure and a treat. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. And, and thank you so much for spreading this really valuable information. I, you know, you are absolutely correct. I mean, we are sensitive people and we really need to stand up for ourselves. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah.